Hello and welcome back to our latest Tap Talks HR podcast. I'm delighted to have with me today Paul Gilliam, the HR Director for UK and Ireland at L'Oreal. Hi Paul, welcome to the podcast. Hi Anthony, thanks for inviting me along. No worries at all. Well Paul, we're here today really to talk about what you are seeing as the HR challenges for the 20s, the 2020 and beyond, and probably with a little aspect about what you're focusing inside of L'Oreal as well, being a large organisation in the UK. So what do you think are the big challenges for HR directors at the moment? Yeah, it's a great question because I think there's a lot of reflection always at the start of a new decade, and the world is changing really, really fast for us from a from a business perspective first and foremost. So before we start to, to talk about people we have to really reflect and think about the direction that the business is going in so for us as an FMCG company our world has changed very rapidly over the last few years and every prediction says that it will continue to evolve very rapidly in the future so if you look about how consumers um, buy products it's enormous shift away from traditional retail bricks and mortar through to online um, whether it's pure players, whether it's D2C websites, whether it's um, traditional retailers.com sites, um, if you look at the demise of the department store, um, if you look at um, consumers' whole approach to um, transparency, what are the ingredients within their products, um, category shift as well, you know, we're we, we selling less makeup and more skincare. Um, which which links into this whole theme of naturality. So there's huge seismic changes in our industry. And I think our role as HR people is to anticipate and proactively plan for those changes and to make sure that we have the organisation structures in place and the capabilities in place so that we continue to win in the marketplace and we continue to be a great place to work. So with all these different things going on, and you listed some there, and, and I think um, obviously you're an FMCG organisation, but you're really tied into retail, and retail is probably one of the fastest changing sectors there is at the moment. How do you then distill all those different issues down and, and decide about what the, the main topics around people are inside of L'Oreal? Yeah, I think sometimes you have to really make complicated things simple. That's our job as HR leaders, and, 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 and prioritise and not make things too much. Um, of, a, of a messy situation for people. So we, we have a part of our people roadmap that we call Future Builders, um, and it's very simply based on what, are the, what is the organization design that we think that we need for the future, what are the capabilities that then feed into that organization design, and then how can we reskill, upskill, and create the kind of continuous culture of learning that we feel is going to be vital for success in the future? Because we have great people in the organization today who have specific skill sets. Those skill sets may change in the future, and you may need to hire some new people. But the goal should be to reskill your current employees who understand your culture so that they're, they're, they're fit for purpose uh, for the challenges for the future. So I think really making it very, very clear to people, this is what you're going to work on. And I think there's also a need to have a, an element of agility that perhaps we haven't always had in HR in the past. Because the world is changing so fast, when you work on things like organization design and capability building, you're going to be working on this almost continuously. It's, it's 12 month, 18 month iterations. Whereas in the past, we were looking at structures on a 10 year period. So I think going into things very clear, what we're working on, what we're not working on, 
but having the flexibility and the agility to, to, to not get too entrenched in a position, I think is really important because the world is really moving so fast. The velocity is, is much more than we've been used to in the past. So it's almost like HR has to deal with the rhythm of the organization, the operators, which then in turn has to deal with the rhythm of the customer. I'd completely agree, and, 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 and the, the rhythm of tech and the rhythm of um, uh, the, the, the environment and the context overall. And I think this is something that we have to just get all get our heads around because I don't think, you know, everyone says the world is super fast. I don't think it's necessarily going to slow up at any time soon. And what we really have to ensure is that we don't become a very reactive um, function, kind of almost playing defensively, um, reacting to situations as they occur. We, we have to take bets, we have to anticipate, and we have to be proactive and be ready um, for what might be coming next. Yeah, so it's just the turnaround time, isn't it? Because um, I, I totally agree with you on my favourite sayings, the world is never going to be as slow as it is today. Um, and so if you go back 20 years, we would still do some long-term stuff and some reactive stuff. Now our long-term horizon is just shorter, so we still need to be working on that organisational development design. But the horizons are getting less, and it's interesting. I think the change is faster. The pace of change is changing itself. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so, so what you're essentially saying is... is you're doing work around almost future-proofing having the right people in the organization um, absolutely the so it's, it's future-proofing having the right organization structure and a structure that you can change um, fluidly as and when you need to um, having an organization structure that reflects the needs of your business um, and, and reflects new ways of working new opportunities so one of the things that we've, we've loved working on in the last 12 months here is we've, we've piloted the agile methodology so L'Oreal is a very entrepreneurial, creative, innovative environment, you know, full of uh, passionate, inspiring marketeers. Um, but sometimes we can work in a bit of a complicated way and we can have too many levels of authority and sign off. And Agile has been a really interesting experiment for us because it's, it's all about empowerment, it's all about teams, it's all about um, test and learn and, and not having the perfect solution. And I think this has been an interesting approach for us because it really fits with this fast-moving, iterative world that we now live in. Um, and it enables us to be moving and creating solutions that are relevant at the moment in time. Um, so I think it's a big change. I think we need to constantly refresh our toolkit as HR people to adapt to this, constantly learn. Um, I think you, you can never stop learning. Um, and really have, our, our, you know, HR, HR again, a favorite phrase of mine, HR has never been more human than it is now. And I think this idea of reskilling, upskilling, creating continuous learning is really, really important that we bring people along on the journey of change. And change is something that naturally people get a bit afraid of. We don't always communicate brilliantly as organizations on it. So how can we make people comfortable with the fact that it's okay that change happens and it's okay that they're continuously learning to adapt and change? I think is really powerful and I think organisations that get that right will have a really successful future. And I love your comment about saying that HR is, is, is becoming more human because actually that's one advantage of automation and technology actually at the moment is all this, a lot of the stuff that HR used to do, like filing I used to remember filing when I started in the HR is like you have to put a half a day aside on a Friday to make sure everyone put everything away in the right place now because we have online systems and everything it allows us more to interact 
with the employees and create a greater employee experience than probably what we did in the past. Yeah, completely agree. I mean, we, we, we call it the parasite tasks um, in L'Oreal. And I think <laughs> we, we, we have to kind of, again, we, we always have to be brilliant at execution um, and we have to respect things like data protection um, and, uh, and obviously legal and, and, and audit requirements. But we have to be really, really good at the execution. But at the end of the day, I'm not sure you're going to win any prizes for being world-class in, in operational excellence in HR. I think you have to do it, and you have to do it very well. But you have to do it in the most efficient way possible. Um, if you're getting those basics right, it frees you up to work on you know, the exciting, transformative things, whether that's culture, whether that's talent, whether that's learning, whether that's OD. Um, uh, whether that's diversity and well-being, I think there's huge opportunities to, to, to almost spend our time in a more value-adding way that will give us more credibility and impact within the businesses we operate. And we should, you talked there about people and making sure they have the right skills and the world is changing, they need to accept them to change. L'Oreal's a great brand, and, and I know that. We've known each other for a few years and everything. But we're sitting here in Hammersmith, in one of the most vibrant cities in the world, um, with lots of different organizations starting up and growing that are trying to compete with you. It must be a real challenge to hold on to your people. So what do you kind of do to like hang on to those people and give them great careers? Yeah, it's, it, 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 it's a challenge, and one of the... Um, uh, it's a good thing and a bad thing. One of the um, the risks of being um, a high-profile organisation is that your people are always very attractive to the outside world, um, and and ultimately we're okay with that because we want our people to be respected and acknowledged as to, as being very good and well trained um, and and almost well prepared for the future. Um, at the same time, obviously, we hope that the investment we make, particularly in early careers, pays off and that people stay with the business for a long time. Um, so we spend um, a lot of time and energy on learning and we spend a lot of time and energy on careers. Um, and I think the, the, the traditional view of career has really started to explode. And I think we, we've, we've adjusted and rethought a lot of what we do. So traditionally in organizations, you had a pyramid, you had a very clear hierarchy, you do this job, then you do this job, then you do this job. The reality is with much flatter organization structures, matrix organization, tribe structures, it becomes less clear how you move through the pyramid because there isn't a pyramid. And I think now the, the, the opportunity for us is it's all about skills acquisition. It's all about making yourself more employable for the future. So in the last year, we've had over 50 cross-divisional moves where we've moved people between different business units. We've had over 25 cross-functional moves where we've had people move between sometimes very different functions. So um, one of my HR directors, um, brilliant guy, um, super talented. He's in the last six months become general manager of our Kiehl's brand. Um, so to go into a business role, heading up a business unit, running the P&L, um, it's, it's brilliant to have those kind of moves. And then finally, I mean, our third of the crosses is cross-country, cross-border moves. So really, one of the things that I think we're excellent at doing is allowing people um, to have an international career, um, including it quite early in people's careers. So I have over 60 um, UK contracted employees abroad at the moment, everywhere from the US to France to Australia. 
And I think it's really great to give people that global opportunity, both from a, um, a professional perspective, but also from a personal perspective. They really develop um, life skills, resilience, cultural understanding. Um, and at one point they come back into the UKI business and they help us grow, develop and accelerate even more. And, and that's an interesting point because you're a very experienced HR director, you've had some great roles and everything, and there'll be people listening to this who might be in their first senior HR role and everything, who might be saying, but how do you get the, the leadership of a business to agree for the cost of sending 60 people abroad? Because I, I totally see that it's an amazing thing to do and you'll get so much more back afterwards, but how do you as a HR director do take on those conversations yeah the, the, the first thing is to not see it as a cost because I think you're never necessarily going to win an argument if you look at cost you've got to always see things as an investment um, and, and this is one of our challenges as HR directors is to balance the long term with the short term um, so there's there's many benefits to it and I think you have to be very clear and have a compelling narrative why you want to do something be transparent and honest about the costs and the risks to it um, but, but, but if you believe in it, really push and don't let up and, and show some kind of courage and resilience. Um, so yeah, it is a cost, but it, it really works. It gives you an extremely strong proposition from a talent attraction perspective as well. Um, uh, and it creates amazing development opportunities for people to learn and grow. So I'm lucky I work in a business that I think is very people-centric. It's very, um, uh, L'Oreal is all about talent. We're obsessed with talent um, and managing and developing everybody's individual talent. Um, and I think it's maybe a, a, an easier conversation than some organizations, but that doesn't mean other HRD shouldn't be having it. I think we really have to, you know, all the research shows how expensive it is to hire people, to induct people, how the chances of success of hiring new people is a real challenge. Um, and for us, one of our biggest highlights this last year was, you know, we had the lowest staff turnover in 15 years. Um, that's brilliant. The more people stay with your business, the more expertise and knowledge and cultural fit you keep, that's a real strength to help you grow and develop your business and deliver great results. That's, that's great. And I just think um, I love that your three cross was it three crosses? Three crosses, it? yeah. I love the idea of, of thinking about how can we move people around, but not just thinking of one linear process. Actually yeah. thinking, where's the opportunity? Yeah. Where can we take that? Yeah, and I think it has to be very individual because what's right for one person is not right for another person. And I think one of the challenges within HR is we're really, really good at one size fits all. And I think you know you have to have proximity to your people. You have to really understand what their aspirations are, but also what their capabilities are. You know, if someone comes and says, you know, I, I, I you know, I want to be the head of uh, this brand based in New York, uh, um, it's going to be really competitive. Are they a really strong candidate to do that job? And you have to give people honest and courageous feedback when it's needed. But really looking at the individual, what would benefit them, and, and sometimes being a bit creative. You know. Um, it's not always the, the first thought that comes into your mind um, and, and we're quite good at bouncing ideas around in, in collective groups and collective teams to come up with the best solutions either for castings for roles or for, for, for people's next steps. So a very collaborative approach involving many, um, uh, many minds is often the most effective one. 
And I know you, we've talked in the past about um, the kind of work you, you're quite passionate around, things like men, mental health and things like that in the organisation. So what kind of, it's such a hot topic at the moment where people looking at what they can do in their organisation. What kind of activities have you done in the, under the umbrella of mental health? Yeah, mental health is really important, and I think you know, if, if you think back, if, you, if we're thinking about the twenties, you know, we, we we really have to look at some of these big societal issues and and, and how we create healthier organisations as a whole. So we started our mental health journey about three three and a half years ago, and interestingly, it came out of our retail operation. Um, and if you think about how retail works, you know, it, it can be very stressful experience on a day to day basis. Um, and we're very good at organisations of looking at physical health, looking at disability, but I think we were a little bit slow to, to really understand the impact of mental health. Um, and we really pioneered this approach uh, about three, three and a half years ago. And you can probably look at it in two dimensions. There's a, there's a proactive approach in the sense of how do you create healthy organisations um, organizations where people can be their best self, where there's a level of psychological safety that people can have conversations in a constructive way um, and share what they're thinking and feeling um, and have managers that are equipped with the skill set to, to react and to deal with that. And then there's a, maybe a more reactive defensive approach whereby do we have the support networks in place to help people when things do go wrong and to recognize it's okay for, for things to go wrong. Um, so we've had mental health ambassadors for a number of years now. Um, we have passionate, engaged people that do this, that really care. Um, we have a waiting list actually to be trained because it's, it's something that people are so willing to give in. Um, and we run um, a very proactive um, mental health think tank which animates events, run by, this is all run by the employees rather than management led. Um, run events all the way through the year to drive awareness to beat the stigmas as associated with with this subject um, and we think it's it, it, it's a subject that's immensely important for society, society as a whole so we think we have to break some boundaries we have to have a voice um, and we have to try and make a difference on that. That's great and uh, it's interesting because almost that goes back to the start when you're talking about the changing pace of, of the world out there and how you have to adapt that and, and making sure people are trained in the ability to cope with change because yep. actually that speed of change is actually one of the greater causes of, of mental health issues where people see the world moving at such a pace and they don't can't see their place in it. Completely and I think we have to make sure that people are not left behind that you know people are on the on the journey with us when we when we go through changes and let's be honest as HR professionals we don't always get this right um, and I think we have to be a little bit more challenging with our businesses um, who always want to move at speed um, who want to get things done and want to move on um, but there's there's a way of getting things done and I think um, it's a feeling that we have that's really important to kind of bring people along in the right way and to do things it's not to say we can't change we have to change if we don't change we we, we won't adapt and survive in in this vuca volatile world um but you have to do it in a way that brings people along the journey with you because you can cause immense damage and we have a level of responsibility in that okay uh, and that's great and I, I, time is is already zooming away from us here but i suppose 
we're entering into a new decade. Um, there's a lot of change around. Uh, as a HR director, you're at the core of a business because without its people achieving their capability, then the business is not going to be successful. If you had to summarise down the conversation we've just had into what you see that HR directors and senior HR leaders should be concentrating on in 2020 for the next few years, now we've left, we've had the whole, I wonder what the world's going to be like in 2020, now we're here. Yeah. What, what do you think they should be looking at? Yeah, well, first of all, I think it's definitely very individual compared to, again, we talked about one size doesn't fit all. So I think it's, it's what's relevant to your business and your industry and where you're at on maybe the transformation journey to start with. I think there's definitely um, a reflection needed on how can you future-proof your organization and the people within your organization. And that will be very different for, 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 for different businesses. But really having that, uh, I think we can all get very wrapped up in the day-to-day and the short term and here's the to-do list of all the things that need to be done. How can you really have, and it's not about having a 10-year plan, it's probably having a 12 to 24-month plan. Um, but what the anticipate? What can you anticipate? What are the bets that you want to make? Um, I think we. I think everybody can focus more on employee experience. Um, you know, I'm. I have some uh, a strong energy on this subject. You know, the world is the world is changing in the way that people live their lives. So, you know, you can buy anything on online sites in you know two clicks. It's very difficult to do anything in your employee experience in two clicks. <laughs> So how do we digitalize, mobile, enable, um, create things that are really uncomplicated and simple for, for our people because they're just going to expect it. And I think they're going to see organizations that have forms and paperwork and you know it takes you 20 minutes to find the information you need. I think that's going to be a real challenge. And, and finally, as we talked about careers, I think we, careers is, we, we all know careers is super important. It's a huge positive driver of engagement, but very few organizations get this right, and and big organizations in particular. So I think we need to rethink the playbook for careers, and I think we need to maybe be a bit more ambitious and a bit more disruptive in in how we manage career and how we help everybody uh, as an individual fulfill their potential within the organization. That's fantastic. So in summary, future-proofing, um, your people in the organisation, making it simple for them and really understanding what is career for the people and enabling that to happen within the organisation. Would sound great, eh? I know, so it sounds so easy when I say it like that, doesn't it? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, Paul, thanks. I know you're a busy person, so thanks ever so much for taking the time out to do this podcast with us. Um, it's great. Thank you very much for your time. Thanks, Anthony. Appreciate it. Take care. And thank you all for listening. And uh, if it's your first time listening, you can find out more from the whole back catalogue of Tap Talks HR podcasts and news about our HR forums at tapsolutions.com. That's it for now. We'll be back soon. Goodbye.